<laughs> I wrote a book. Pretty amazing. <clears throat> so three years after this, you have uh, the Council of Ephesus. Guess what they're discussing? Let me guess. Hold on. I, I get three guesses here. <laughs> it wasn't... It wasn't, should we eat bacon? <laughs> nope. It, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't... Predestination free will? Predestination nope. free will? No. Nope. 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 So it must be then the nature of Jesus. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Hold it, Sam. Is this turning into one of those shows where we sit around and reminisce, thereby recouping 80% of the episode cost via the use of clips and archive footage? Yes, it is, Max. Now stop talking, stupid. It's costing money. Yes, it is the infamous flashback episode. You know every good TV show has one of these, so why can't we? After all, the Theonauts have been on the internet for long enough, we can do that sort of thing. But next week, we will be back in the studio live to talk about some more cool theological stuff and about how uh, ancient aliens could tie into the Bible and all kinds of weird, wacky stuff that will make your head spin and make you want to put tinfoil around your head. But for now, set back and let's enjoy some flashbacks. Heaven. <laughs> I'm in heaven. All right. And my heart beats so that oh, I can hardly Sing it, buddy. Sing it, buddy. And I sing he, he definitely has the chops, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we're out together dancing cheek to cheek. Woo. So what's our topic? <laughs> Frank Sinatra. All right. <laughs> no, no, no. Heaven. 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 What is heaven? Or where is heaven? Or when? Or when is heaven? Or how? Or does it exist uh, at I, all? I don't know. I, I've always thought... Is it for real? <laughs> is, is it the goal of a Christian? To go there? Yes. yes. I've always thought that heaven was in Colorado. Oh. Yeah, on, okay. the, on, the, on, the, on the, you know, <laughs> snow slopes with the ski bunnies. Oh, it's like, like a John Denver song? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Rocky Mountain High, heaven. <laughs> you know, uh, on the flip side, hell, I, Jim Carrey says that <laughs> maybe hell doesn't exist. Maybe hell is just listening to your grandparents breathe through their noses while eating sandwiches. <laughs> For eternity. <laughs> voicemail. Yes. We got some voicemail. You ready to hear it? Yeah. Let's bring it on. Bring it on. Here we go. You ready? Uh, hello, Theo Knox. I was calling to inform you of a factual error in your latest podcast, number 24. You see, there there never was a year zero in history. It doesn't exist. So when you refer to it, you're sadly mistaken. Also, the substance vellum that you are referring to is actually indeed calf skin. I thought I'd call you and let you know that fact and so cure you of your ignorance. <laughs> you know, so what do you think there, Jeremiah? Wow. <laughs> was that man i tell you what that guy was so knowledgeable thank you so much we should have him as a guest on theonauts you would think so here's the rest of the voicemail by the way this has been a voicemail from your friend riley from back in episode 13 (laughs) peace out neophytes (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so Riley from... Oh, man. He joined us on episode 13 here yeah. in the studio. We talked about music and all. <laughs> he called in to correct us on our... And secure us in our ignorance. You know what that is? <laughs> That's the student overcoming the teacher right there. Way to go, Riley. Good job, buddy. Oh, Awesomeness. How do we guard ourselves from this? How yeah. do we get people out of it? How do we stop the secret swimming in the abyss? Well, I, I like it. I liken it to as a recovering porn addict myself. Um, I liken it to AA. What's the very first step in AA? To admit to that admit. you have a problem, right? Right. And the only way that you can admit that you have a problem is if you go to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And talk to somebody else about it. Um, the very first step is 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 opening up, right? And listen to me, church. I mean, I mean this. Let people tell you, yeah, without casting judgment, right? That's the biggest problem. Oh man, definitely. I mean, really, we have to talk about this. Yeah, we've got to share this. We've got to get this sin out into the open. And if you're standing in the pulpit constantly berating people. <sighs> And, and knocking people down and scaring them out of confessing it, yeah. then it's never going to get fixed. I have leukemia. I have cancer. But do I want to tell anybody? Oh, heck no. No way. Because if I tell somebody, oh, no, they're gonna, you're going to berate somebody for having cancer? Right, right. Well, well why are you going to berate them for having a porn problem? It's the exact same thing. It's, There's no difference. It's a disease. It's addiction. It's... Killing it's our damaging families, and, and and we need accountability. Amen. So That's right. that is the biggest thing we need to, you know. And constantly, the scriptures tell us: confess your faults one to another, bear one another's right. burdens, whatever. You can't do that if you're being quiet about it, and you can't do that if you're not allowing people to say they have a problem. Right. So first, pastors, you you need to be. Uh, open and forgiving and loving. Second, if you're a if you're a member of a congregation that is not open and forgiving and loving, first I would really start focusing on should you be there. And it might mean that you need to be somewhere that is opening uh, and forgiving and loving. You might need to move and uh, or be the change or be exactly or be stand up and and say, hey, look, if you've got a porn problem, you can tell me and I won't judge you. I will help you to get through it. And uh, but but the point is, find somebody who you can connect with that, Mm -hmm. that you can be real with, not only that you can be real with, but will be. A brother's keeper and hold you accountable. Right. Now, this doesn't mean... See, there are so many things to be careful with. Because of the the community that we are in, in our churches, whenever someone does open up to you, dude, do not take that as an opportunity to, you know what, I talked to a brother and we really need to pray for him. He's Mm -hmm. suffering from this and blah... We use this as an opportunity for gossip, right? And and all this other thing, we, those barriers. Love has to infiltrate this whole thing. Yeah. And so we need to to things that are said in confidence, we keep them in confidence. We try to, to that way we can establish this whole idea of uh, it's okay to share it with me. Right. I'm not going to betray. Right. That. I love that guy. So I love that band. Um, all right. So my number one, it will never change ever. And uh, I'm pretty sure you can even guess who it is. It's Rich Mullins. So hold me, Jesus, because I'm shaking like a leaf. 
I think I talk about him every uh, every episode. Rich Mullins, um, and it's easy to understand why, so I won't go into great detail. I'll just tell you this. Uh, the man was real, and and because of that, he made really good music. So yeah, that's cool. why I like Rich. Okay, my number one is for today. They they are a another metal band, but the, the most real guys you could ever yeah. meet. And they, they were the ones responsible for the, the thing I said. You know, when I went to the concert, and they right. were like, "Hey, we're not here to tickle your Christian's ears. We're here to save people." Yeah. <laughs> That's and, awesome. And uh, they've got a new album out now, and one of the songs on it's about human trafficking. We just went through this whole thing about human trafficking, and yeah. the song is entitled "Fight the Silence." <laughs> I still very much suffer depression. I still very much suffer from from suicidal thoughts. And about two months back or so, I had a really close friend call me. And uh, they had a friend who was suffering from depression. And when they called me, they were, they were almost in tears. And they said, Kevin, it, it does never get better, does it? And at the time, I was feeling I was feeling really good, and so I said, um, it, "It it takes time, but it does." And after I said that, um, part of me wanted to believe that, and part of me uh, knew I was lying through my teeth. <laughs> but um, when I think about it, you know, I can't know this for a fact. But when I think about it, I I honestly don't think. It, it does ever get better. I, I think it, it stays there, but I think we learn to go about it differently. Wow! Because that's a beautiful statement. Right there. <laughs> well, it's all, and I think that that it's like anything else. Yes, it's all about how you deal with what you've been given in life. That's right. We don't all have perfect lives. I mean, people that don't suffer from depression have other issues. Yeah. Do we not? And uh, like. You know, um, maybe you're diagnosed with cancer. How do you deal with that? Right. And 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 I think you know, as a Christian, how do you deal with it? Do you go, oh, my faith wasn't great enough, or do you, or, or do you put more faith in God because of the suffering? So, like, right. you know, the thing that, that that gets me uh, that surrounds this, and I can relate to this because uh, as I grew up as a Christian, never had severe depression, never had any real depression at all in my life or anxiety. Um, I always, and I I say this with shame, but I always looked down on people who suffered from depression. And the reason why is because I, as a faithful, quote-unquote, Christian, could not understand why someone with hope and faith Ever, all that is is a lack of faith. That's the way I would phrase it. So, um, and, and I didn't realize that it is as much of a medical issue as cancer. Right. It- 
Yes, the story of the fat king Who? sitting on a pooper and uh, Ehud stabbing him <laughs> with his left-handed blade and the stuff coming out. <laughs> wow. And the reason that is my favorite is because it is so gory, so disgusting, <laughs> and so awesome. If we made that into a movie... I would have to be 17 in order to go watch it. <laughs> yeah. There's several Bible stories oh, like oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's this, a tamer one. You don't see the Eglon Ehud story in children's Bible no, storybooks. You, <laughs> you don't. Such I, a good story. I, okay. Do you, well, do you want to tell more of it, or do you want me to share some of it? Or Well, what? basically, the story goes like this. So, e- Eglon was a... Uh, evil king, and um, God allowed him to take over uh, the Israelites for a time because this is during uh, the judges. The judges, that's right. And he was one of the first judges. Uh, Ehud was one of the first judges. Mm-hmm. So Ehud was a left-handed man. The Bible says, and that's another reason where I like go South Pauls. I'm left-handed, <laughs> and you know I like the whole story. So he uh, decides to take it upon himself to rid the land of this evil king. The Bible tells us the evil king was extremely fat. And so, long story short, Ehud, speaking of short, Ehud was short. Um, he he uh, strapped a, 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 sword, a, a sword to the left side of his body. Ah, so no one would suspect it. Exactly, because you know they're thinking <clears throat> right. the right side. And he goes and he delivers the king a message, and then he sneaks back in while the king, the Bible says, is sitting in the cool of his chamber. And what we covering know, covering his feet in the yes, King James vernacular, covering his feet. <laughs> what we know, we know what that means is that he was in the bathroom in his in his chamber, right, uh, sitting on the pot, you know, uh, sitting on his throne. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, anyways, Ehud sneaks in. And he stabs Eglon, and when he stabs Eglon, the sword goes all the way into his fat belly, and then is enveloped by his fat, like swallowed by his fat. So Ehud can't even get the sword out. Like the hilt goes in, everything goes in. And then the Bible says that the stuff came out of him, and what that refers to is... I can imagine. Exactly. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's a nice, dirty story. But uh, so Ehud <laughs> sneaks back out, and then his servants come and knock on the door, and they're like, You all right in there? And another servant's like, Yeah, he's probably just relieving himself. It's, you know, we're fine. Leave him alone. Yeah, yeah leave him alone. And then he's later on, they very go. Very smart because the guy could get out of there right. and have plenty of time to get away. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, he assassinates King And Edward. Israel was delivered. Yay. <laughs> so. That's my And there was rejoicing. Story. Okay, my number 10 is The Witch of Endor. Mm. Okay, so if you're not familiar with That's this, an interesting this, is story. King, this is King Saul, okay, and King Saul and David are at, you know, each other's throats, and David has fled, and uh, Saul is about to go into battle, and he's bringing his sons with him and all this, and he, God hasn't been talking to him. God, and so Samuel is dead. Samuel was his mentor. Right. Okay. So Saul's like, if only I had Samuel here to give me some advice on how to go into this battle. And so sorcery had been outlawed. And so he says, I'm going to find a necromancer that'll bring Samuel (laughs) to to life and tell me how this is going to come out. Give me some advice. So he disguises himself. um, So no one will know that he's going to a necromancer. Yeah. And he hunts down this this woman 
uh, referred to as the Witch of Indoor. Yeah. And also like that because it has a Return of the Jedi type of... <laughs> <laughs> You're such a geek. <laughs> anyway. So, so all these Ewoks came around. No, I'm just kidding. So... <laughs> Okay, so, so good. you've got the you got him telling this lady, "I want to see Samuel," and so she's she's probably a, a flake. Mm-hmm. She's you know, she's like these women palm readers, you know, right. on the side of the road, and so she starts rubbing the crystal ball and doing her whole thing, and all of a sudden Samuel pops out. <laughs> I love to see her face. Freaks her out. Yeah, and Samuel's response is. What are you doing disturbing me? I'm resting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he says, well, I just want to know how it's going to go down tomorrow. He's like, well, you disobeyed God. How you think it's going to go down? <laughs> you and your two sons are all going to die. See you. <laughs> see you in a see bit. You see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really curiously curiously weird stuff that really does exist around this yeah. and uh for example in uh i believe it's paracas yep uh in in uh, south america in peru um these skulls have been found and there's here recently this year uh, they've done dna testing on them and and confused everybody because they're basically saying we don't know what this is this yeah. doesn't really fit any human species we've ever encountered before. <laughs> and in addition to that, there's the parietal, um, there's there's like what, in a normal skull, there's a, 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 parietal, plate. a yeah. parietal plate that's not there on these skulls. Wow. So it's not even human anatomy. And then there's a, a, even an additional thing there. The, the capacity of these skulls is abnormally large just like yes. the skull itself and you can't do that by binding you can stretch what's there but yep. you can't create more mass i mean you can't like create a bigger skull than what you really have right yes so there's a big mystery around this what is it you know and, and of course all the secular uh uh george norries of the world are are you know hollering ancient aliens and right. so, but I've noticed that you've incorporated some of this into the novels. And so I kind of wanted to get your take on how that fit in with your thinking. Excellent questions. I, you guys are one of the best, you're one of the best shows I've been on, man. Cause you're <laughs> some of the coolest stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I, in, in fact, in a way, I think my series is an antidote to the ancient aliens. This is look, you guys, man, I, I've been around for a long time in my in my day when I was a kid. It was called Chariots of the Gods. Eric Von Dyneken. Yes. The first guy who made this really popular. Horrible book. This notion <laughs> that ancient religion, ancient religious man was ignorant. And all of our religious notions of the gods come from the fact that because he was ignorant, we were actually visited by ancient astronauts from other planets thousands of years ago. And because man was so ignorant, he, had th- he thought they were gods, but they were really just advanced aliens. Well, this, what was so funny is this, this was out in the 60, late 60s and early 70s, and it was goofy and ridiculous. Now, obviously, you know, they, they sold a lot of popular books, but scientists and stuff didn't believe it. Sure. Now, 40 years later, scientists and archaeologists, all these scientists are believing in the same goofiness. Right. Yeah. Maybe religion comes from, and it's in all the movies, you know, Prometheus. Right. It's in all the right. movies. Any movies about <laughs> aliens, it's basically, oh, yeah, they, they were where we got our religious from. So right. basically, 
<laughs> it is a Christ substitute religion is what it is. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. substituting for God. They're substituting another created thing that they can worship to give them meaning because we need something higher than ourselves to get meaning from. And they don't want to follow the true God. So man creates these mythologies and ancient sure. aliens is the latest scientific version of that. It's, it's like, wow, people are just crazy. I mean, it's just <laughs> amazingly, the Southern Baptists have selected a social justice hireling as their leader. They'll follow him into apostasy <laughs> if they don't wake up. Okay, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you know. Of the existence yeah. of God. Let's so. echo that again. God gave that to us. Yes. The, uh, science is not owned by the scientist. No. It is owned by God. That's right. He he's invented the, it. He's the creator. <laughs> and so... Uh, the, the scientific s- method was God's <laughs> thing. The, the seeking truth is a uh, is a noble, godly thing. Sure. And so well, it's that's the, what science is, is seeking truth. That's right. And it's the theme of our our show to begin with. Right. 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 To discover truth. Yeah. And to, and to, uh, dig and to research and to, you know, none of these things come cheap. I mean, you're not going to find, uh, answers to hard questions, you know, uh, by just, you know, uh, a a really quick scan of the internet. Right. You really need to know some of this stuff before you get into a debate or or whatever with somebody. And I also want to bring up that the point of this is not to prove people wrong. Right. It is to defend God. Amen. So, uh, it is not your job to make someone look bad or to, uh, win an argument. And, and that's the problem with debates and why I really don't like debates anyway, because debate is always about the debaters. Yeah. Truth doesn't even have to come into play. Right. A good debater can win without the truth. Right. Uh, so it's not about you. It's not about, it's not about uh, being right. And it's not about, uh, hey, I sure told that guy. It's about building your faith to know just because you're hearing atheistic spillage coming from <laughs> yeah <laughs> coming from a podium somewhere don't let that shatter your faith right don't let that get into your head and make you start thinking oh you know what this is all hokey religion and myth right and i've just been you know um Horse waggled or whatever Texan swoggled, horn swoggled or whatever Texas term you, term you want to throw on it of, right. of 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 you know where you start doubting right. because the enemy of faith is not information. No, it's doubt. That's right. the enemy of faith. Right. And what we've what what too many Christians lean on this whole thing about, well, I don't need to know what happened to the dinosaurs because I've got faith that the Bible's right. That's fine. But knowing more information about things that are going to be questioned, like dinosaurs, like the age of the earth, like all these, the the more information you know, the stronger A, A, the stronger it makes your faith, and B, the more you can give an answer to those about the hope that is within you. Right. And isn't that what Peter told us to do? Right. Well, that's our whole purpose on earth is to make Christians, right? <laughs> so we should be the best Christian makers we can possibly be. The field be. is white for the harvest. It is, amen. And in the, right. the workers are few. Right. And that's that's what we're hoping to do is to uh, equip you guys. And that's right. part of our the GCT network, man. That's yeah. our That's our whole mantra, the great... 
Well, we want to uh, we want to evaluate and consider how Christians should and should not engage in a sociopolitical culture. Oh, much like we just talked about in the news. Wow. Very much. How oh, coincidental. Like that just worked, didn't it? Wow. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> now, uh, let's uh, let's let's set some groundwork here. What do we mean by sociopolitical culture? Socio for social, meaning how people affect are affected by and interact with one another. Is that agreed? Like like yeah. like when you go have ice cream and dancing. That's an ice cream yeah, social. Yeah. Or, or if you're in the 21st century, how you get on Facebook. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, we all know you're not. Say what? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Political. And political meaning how people affect, are affected by, and interact with those in power. Those, uh, as I, I believe Plato would put it, the statesmen who, uh, wow. who make the choices for society who who write the rules who write the laws as an aside what did plato say that we that societies needed in order to govern and lead them the philosopher king so although he was laying down this groundwork he had a very specific not just anybody can do this mm-hmm. or should do this what we need is to lift up the philosopher kings and if i could just say we have a philosopher king don't we well, that's <laughs> awesome and wow. jesus christ Amen. i like plato it, it dries out really quick though <laughs> hey homemade plato is good because you can eat it a lot of salt <laughs> All that. Can you give us a, a little blurb of your history? <laughs> uh, first of all, I want to uh, thank each and every one of you sure. for coming down here and spend time with me, with my family, with the people of my community, with all the children, you know. So they have had a very good time with you since you are about to leave Amen. the country. So it it is really a blessing to us to have you down here. Thank you. So the door is open for you anytime you want to come back, you want to bring more people, you can bring more people. Awesome. Praise yeah. Lord. For you guys listening out there, if you want to come, yeah, you're welcome. That's right. I'll definitely be back. It's been a once-in-a-lifetime experience for me. So. In what city? Were the disciples on, or in what city were the disciples on the day of Pentecost? Are you using the kitty version for me? I think you're using the child version for me. You're getting the adult version, and I have the child version. No, no I'm not. See, what is the this? card is white. This is play school monopoly. Is what this is. Oh, come on. Well, go ahead and spell out the answer. I'll give you another question. All right. Jerusalem. Yes, Acts 2, verse 5. All right. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, let me give you one more. Oh, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick you a, a good one. Uh, you're just going to try to find one that I'm well, totally... The, you said, uh, what, what were we doing? Uh, His, geography. History, history and geography. geography, yeah. Okay. Who was... Well, this is not too bad, I, I guess. Who was the most famous armor bearer of King Saul? Oh. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> Just took me a minute. David? Yes. Woohoo! <laughs> oh. I think I'm uh, I think I'm 
totally kicking your butt. You today. are, man. That was like three to two. I'll ask you one more and okay, see if you ask, can redeem yourself. Ask me one more. Redeem see yourself. We, okay. See what we can do. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, go for it. Pick prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at prophecy, but uh, okay. Pick it. Okay, prophecy. All right, prophecy. What is a millennialist? <laughs> There's so many things you can say right now. Like, so many. <laughs> a millennialist is one who believes in a literal 1,000-year reign of Christ on the earth, according to Revelation. That is correct, sir. Yes! Those are amazing shows, and... I remember I was so excited, I'm like, yeah, a new episode, and it was a freaking flashback episode. <laughs> I really want to know what the point of the flashback episode is. I mean, I kind of get it. It's like, oh, let's reminisce, let's have a good time about all the funny moments in the TV show. Well, I remember those from when I watched them, and there's an episode that I can go rewatch that has the same exact moment in it, except it's funnier because it makes sense and it ties into the storyline. But then they go ahead and they're, they make this this episode where it's like, it's Christmas, and we're gonna reminisce about all the past Christmases that we had. And then they have all the funny Christmases that they had. Okay, well, if I wanted to watch that, I'd go back and watch those episodes. Just make a new freaking episode. I hate flashback episodes so much. So much. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission Transmission. At GCT Network. This is your Great Commission Transmission.